Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I'm Hannah Wilder, and I'm the Curate for St. Mark's in City Heights in San Diego. And it's 7.15 a.m. I almost Woo-hoo! forgot I almost forgot where I worked. I almost forgot my name and I almost forgot my position. <laughs> I had to I had to coffee. like actively remember after each word what the next word was going to be. <laughs> All right. But here we are. It's early, but we're on top of our game. We are mm-hmm. talking about the gospel this week uh, for Advent 3, which is the from the very beginning of John the Sunday of December 13th. We're excited to welcome back Hannah Wilder for... Week three with Hannah Wilder. Week three of Advent that we're preparing to talk about and week three of Hannah Wilder. Right. It's Wilder three and Advent three. It's a wild time. (laughs) It's a wild time. It really is. Wilder. Yeah. I'm very honored to be here. Thank you for having me. We're so excited that you're still here. And... (laughs) Uh, we're excited to get into the gospel uh, today to talk about this gospel for the third Sunday in Advent. Um, usually the third Sunday in Advent has a, the theme of joy. Also, it's usually sometimes pink if you're a, a congregation that, you know, likes your liturgical colors. Um, yes, Charlotte's pointing to herself. A pink candle you'll notice on the Advent wreath. So uh, today is the uh, joy day for Advent 3, and so we'll be talking about this joyful guy, John the Baptist. Is there a better word for John? <laughs> is, there a more, is there a person that comes across as more joyful than John the Baptist? I don't think so. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into the gospel. Charlotte is going to read the gospel, and then we'll talk about it. But I also want to make sure that you know that we want to hear from you. We would love to hear how your Advent is going, what your practices have been this Advent, how you're experiencing it. Any questions or comments from your week of faith discussion or reflection, you can email us, faith2go at edse.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaith2go.org, or you can contact us or follow us on Instagram, at faith2go. And without further ado, Charlotte will read the gospel, uh, John 1. You know, it's choppy. It's 1, 6 through 8, and then 19 through 28 which is weird, but important. So, but important. take it away. John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 and 19 through 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, 
Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, from where John was baptizing. Okay. So, uh, does this story sound familiar to anybody? Because we just heard Mark's version of it last yes. week. Yeah, so there's some interesting things to notice here. There's a lot of, there's some differences between this story in John's gospel and the story in Mark's gospel. There's some cool stuff to, this is like, to, to compare a story in John's gospel and a story in Mark's gospel is an interesting way of, of like looking at the difference that 40 years or so could make, you know, in, in terms of a, a rapidly developing theology and tradition around Jesus. Um, and so it, one thing that you'll recognize, and Hannah's going to talk more about this, I'm not going to take her point, but is that, you know, Mark, in Mark's gospel, John baptizes Jesus, and that's the, the main thing that happens. And in this one, uh, we haven't read Jesus coming yet, but John will never baptize Jesus in, in John's gospel. Uh, and there, and and John's and the Gospel of John pl- says so many times, makes it so very clear that John is not better than Jesus, which Charlotte's going to talk about. So, be careful with yeah, our points. I'm David. tiptoeing. I'm tiptoeing. <laughs> all that, all that to say, is that you reckon, you see that that over the course of the over the time difference between. Mark being written and John being written, and the difference between the two communities within which they were written and to which they were written. Uh, it seems very clear that John's community is very concerned with people knowing and making sure people know that John was not the guy, Jesus was the guy. Uh, and, and not only that, but John's so much not the guy that John's not even going to baptize Jesus anymore in this theology. So we've got a very a heightened Christology, which is the way we talk about the kind of theology of Jesus um, in John. And you can see that kind of difference, even in this comparing this story between John and Mark. So um, I think that's a good amount of context. Uh, and I have the first point for this week. And I think it's so interesting here, <clears throat> thinking about this season of Advent, about the themes of Advent, about kind of expectation, anticipation. But on top of that, we, you, we highlight those themes, but those, those things can be kind of passive in a way. You know, like you can anticipate and wait from your couch for something. You know, you don't have to be out there anticipating and waiting. They actually kind of imply kind of a passivity, kind of a watching the clock kind of tick by. There's something, I think, inactive that we are invited to in this season, and I think that John embodies that thing really well. Uh, Because John is anticipating. John is waiting. But John is actively doing things uh, to discern the thing he is waiting for. You know, he's kind of like, he's kind of aware that he needs to wait for something to be revealed to him. In this case, the the Son of God or the light that is coming into the world that he's talking about. Um, 
but he's not kind of like sitting around waiting. He is out there doing something in order for for he's kind of like helping. It's kind of like a cool way of thinking about the interplay of how like he's not making it happen. You know, he's not making the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus in order to reveal him. But he's out there kind of searching. He's looking actively, you know, and it, it this whole thing. I, I, I do like the theme of joy for John this week. And I'm thinking about what it must have felt like because we don't see we don't see the episode where he actually ends up seeing Jesus. But the very next verse in uh, John one, verse twenty nine, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Exclamation point. Um, And goes on this whole thing. This is the one who I was talking about right there. Um, And. We're not supposed to read that verse because we're in Advent. We're still waiting for Jesus to come as well. So we don't read that. But like, I wonder what it was like for John to see Jesus that day. You know, the joy, the like the feeling he must have had in his gut after all this baptizing and preaching and wandering and searching. I also wonder what it was like because according to Luke's gospel, these two people are related to one another, uh, John and Jesus. So it's not that Jesus would have been a total stranger to John. So I wonder if there was also, I wonder if John didn't know that it was going to be Jesus genuinely, because he doesn't name, he never names him. He says he really genuinely kind of still looks like he's looking for him, searching for him. So I wonder what kind of joy there was in recognizing that it was this person that he had known his whole life. And then it think, it may, that makes me think back to the story of the visitation of Mary and Elizabeth, the first time that John recognizes Jesus, uh, when they're both still in the womb, you know? And like that John has this, John has built into his spirit this recognition of God in the world. And I like to think that we all have that thing, you know, that that each and every one of us is out here searching and looking and waiting and anticipating. And that John, <clears throat> John kind of shows us the, the extent to which we can put our energy into that and that like it can be part of who we are, that we can like really live into our call to search for Jesus actively in the world every day. And that it's so that that in and of itself has a joy to it and that it's not just the joy of recognizing Jesus, but like there is a joy of going out and looking for that God given identity in each and every person and everything. And that Advent invites us to to that kind of journey to stop and be kind of quiet and look around and see that we are surrounded by a like a God infused world and that john is operating in that world where the holy spirit is descending on things and he's he's looking actively for it and 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 i think that i think that's well i'll stop because i was going to say something that was going to be hannah's point and now i'm not going to say i'm not going to do it (laughs) okay okay well if i don't say it you jump in but i think on this theme of joy you know 
I've been thinking a lot about how fascinating it is to me that in this passage, John the Baptist, who we know is John the Baptist, doesn't baptize. Mm -hmm. And John is the witness. So John's whole identity, his whole purpose of being is to point. And really, the whole purpose of Advent is to point to something coming next. And our whole purpose, any of us, is to point and to follow. And so um, throughout John's gospel, we see this act of witness. And witnessing is the beginning of faith. Because witnessing is really, um, it's testifying, right? And giving testimony. And what is testimony? But making a public statement of what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've experienced for yourself out of your own identity. So, and what joy is there in that? Mm. You know, being able to speak your truth and to have people believe you and to have your story overlap with a communal story and to have there be resonance there and shared values and to know who you are as a child of God mm. in a community of faith. There's great joy in that, a deep joy. So I think this bearing witness is, you know, a huge part of John's gospel. It's a huge part of this passage that we read today. And it's um, interesting to me that in this first part of John, you know, we hear what John is not. I am not mm -hmm. worthy he also says, I am not God, I'm not Elijah, I'm not a prophet, I'm not the Messiah. And of course, that immediately makes us think about, you know, Jesus and all the I am statements in Jesus. I am the way, the truth, the life, I'm the resurrection, I'm the bread of life. Mm -hmm. You know, all that comes from this gospel. And then, of course, we're reminded of Exodus 3, I am that I am, you know, God speaking to the Israelites. So it's very clear that Jesus was God and John was sent by God. They're different people. They have different identities, different purposes, and John's purpose is to point and bear witness. And for all of us then, bearing witness, you know, is the foundation of the emergence of a human faith in God. You know, it's the beginning of faith, bearing witness to something, naming what you've seen, calling out your experience is the beginning of faith. Um, one of the things that we do normally name in this podcast is where we've seen God this week. And sharing where we see God is an example of pointing, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. it, it is one of the ways in which we share our faith in which we testify in which we witness um, is by naming the places we see, see God. Um, and also part of that, not to get too sidetracked, but part of that is working that muscle of noticing God at work. Um, because sometimes mm -hmm. we get so caught up in living and in doing our own thing that we, we, like we talked about last week, we don't stay awake. Um, we fall asleep to where God is at work in the world and we forget that we are called to testify and to witness. And so in that way, these gospels, you know, the, the two weeks readings really are an evolution of, of what we're called to an advent of preparation because we have last week, you know, stay awake, don't be sleepy, don't be lazy. Mm -hmm. And then this week testify and bear witness. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's a really powerful way to consider them. Mm -hmm. I was also struck by that point you made, Hannah, about how, John says, John has all these I am I am not statements leading up to one I am statement, which is he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And 
I think that's kind of I I think that kind of like resonates in a different way in the in the middle of this kind of introduction and story about John. And it's so cool to think that like John John does seem so I would what is so what is so wonderful about John is how how clear he is about what his calling is, what his vocation is, you know? He's not trying to be the Messiah. He's not trying to be the prophet. He's not trying to be Elijah. He's trying to be a voice. He's trying to be a voice calling out. And like and like genuinely living into that all the time. Really. He's like so so beautifully and joyfully in his own way uh embodying his vocation. And I just I really love that so much and and I love how yeah, I just love how clear he is about who he is. And I yeah. wish I, I, I like want that for myself so much of the time. I agree. Yeah, the identity piece is huge. And just the more we can embrace and accept ourselves for exactly who God made us to be, I think the more true we are to the witness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that logically goes into my point, which is point three today, um, which has to do with this statement we get at the end where John says, I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. And I wanted to explore that a little bit because being not worthy is different than being unworthy. I think that's where I am with all of this is that what John is doing in that statement is removing his own self-importance from the work that he is doing because John is kind of a pseudo celebrity, right? Like part of the reason why they came to ask him all of these questions is because they wanted to know who he was, what he was doing, what was going on. And so he says, I am not this, I am not this and no, and all of these things. And then it all culminates in this, I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. And so he's removing his own self-importance. And sometimes our self-importance can get in the way of humbling ourselves to do the work of God, of listening to what we are supposed to be doing and to walking that road. But I also think that there's a danger in naming ourselves as unworthy because this isn't a hierarchical situation. Like we're not ranking ourselves in this because if we do that, if we say I'm unworthy or if we say that we are unworthy, then maybe that's our excuse not to do it, not to point, not to testify, not to name our truth. I think that we, that at least I, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I can get really caught up in not wanting to do it wrong, mm-hmm. not wanting to say it wrong, um, not wanting to hurt anybody or offend anybody, particularly right now, right? Like offending people (laughs) is a really slippery slope right now. And yet sometimes when we get caught up in that of not wanting to do it, of, of feeling like we're unworthy of the work, that then we are not doing what we're called to do. We're not being a voice crying out in the wilderness. We're not testifying or witnessing or pointing in this season of pointing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in week one of Advent, which I know we're in week two, but in week one of Advent, um, we in godly play, you hear about the messengers and the messengers are supposed to point to things. And we pray for people who point to things and um, who bear witness. And I think that if we take some time to pray for ourselves 
in our role as messengers, if we pray to remove our ego from situations so that we can clearly know who we are, just like John does, like mm -hmm. David was saying, so that we can clearly know who we are and travel the road that we are supposed to do and witness in the way that we are supposed to, then we don't have to worry anymore about our self-importance getting in the way, about being unworthy of the work, mm -hmm. about all of those factors. We pray for clarity because that's what John seems to have. Mm -hmm. I'm also struck. <clears throat> I'm also struck by this language of untying the sandals because John, yeah, John is kind of John is saying like I I'm not even like John, Jesus is so much more important to kind of this mission of God than me. Not that I'm un like you're saying. Not that I'm unimportant, but like. It's not, I'm not even comparable kind of to him of how important he's going to be for this mission. I can't, yeah. I'm not even, he's kind of being like hyperbolic here. Like I couldn't even, I'm not even like comparable enough to like tie, tie untie his sandals, which is like a very subservient kind of thing to do to bend down and tie, untie someone's sandals. And yet 13 chapters later, Jesus will wash the feet of his disciples. So so the whole thing kind of gets turned upside down. And by the end, Jesus is saying, maybe John didn't think he could untie my sandals, but you and you don't think I'm you think I'm too good to wash your feet, but I'm still going to do it. And so we're all serving one another in this mission. There is no there is no one that's more important or less important than anybody else. There really is an equality in this whole mission of God thing and that everybody's role is really important. And Paul is going to harp, is going to harp on this with the gifts and the body and that every body part plays a role and that not a whole body can't be a whole all eyes or all fingers or whatever, you know, like everybody's role is important. And and it's like I think that there's great freedom in that to say I don't have to be the Messiah. You know, I don't have to be the prophet. I don't have to be Ezekiel. I just have to be David and be as David as I can be today, <laughs> you know, and that there's something there's something God given in that. And and there is something in, extremely important to the mission of building the kingdom of heaven in being fully who I am today. And I feel like John is being fully who John is wearing weird clothes and eating locusts and honey and being crazy. <laughs> He's like, he doesn't care. He's like, this is who I am. This is what's most important. There is something more important than you thinking I look good. There's something more important than you thinking I'm eating the right food. There's something more important that I'm, that I know. And I know something, you know, and he's, he like knows something and yet it is uncertain. So he's like so beautifully living into this, into this clarity of identity and uncertainty about God's identity in the world. And I feel like he's giving us a window into how we could do that. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And I just want to say quickly that I, um, Catherine Jeffert Shorey, who was our interim bishop for a while, she helped me to see that a false humility or like, um, not a, not that pride has a form that looks like a selflessness or humility that shows up very often in many church women. I'm not going to say only because it happens, you know, regardless of your gender, but this idea that, oh, I, 
I, you know, I can't do anything. I'm not worthy. I, you know, like that in itself is a form of pride, like in reverse. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. she gave me this exercise where she was like, every night, I want you to reflect on the day and think of one thing you're proud of yourself for. One thing you handled well, one thing you, you thought, you know, you did good at. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that really changed my life Mm -hmm. and helped me to get out of that place that Charlotte was talking about and to get more into that place that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. David, like this is who I am in the world. You know, I am tactless and I am ridiculous and I am brazen. And (laughs) if I'm really honest, like, I like that about myself. There are things that, you know, I'm learning to accept now mm-hmm. that I'm in my 40s, mm-hmm. finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our three points. Pretty good. Pretty good. Point number one was uh, my point. And what did I even talk about so long ago? Uh, I talked about uh, John the Baptist and this kind of active anticipation and discernment uh, and searching for God, God and the and the kind of um, the Holy Spirit descending on the world around us and paying attention uh, to the to the unexpected places where God is going to show up. Uh, second point was Hannah's, and it was about John the Pointer, uh, the one doing the, the one pointing. doing the pointing. <laughs> um, and how we are called to be that kind of one witnessing to doing the pointing out in the world, uh, pointing to where we see God's presence uh, moving when we, when we do that active work of searching and identifying. Uh, and then the third point was charlatan about, it was about worthiness. Uh, John's claim that he is unworthy to untie Jesus's uh, sandals, but that it's not so much about um, a, a measure of one's kind of inherent dignity um, but that it is about kind of knowing who we are and, and living into who we are and, and loving who we are and recognizing our inherent dignity in the role that we're playing in the world. Not that anybody is better or worse than anybody else. So having heard those points, uh, we invite you to read this gospel again. We also invite you to email us or contact us through the website or contact us through Instagram. You can email us, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can get us on the website, myfaithtogo.org, or you can contact us or follow us on Instagram at faithtogo. Hannah, as you might have guessed, will be back next week for Advent 4. Last week. You got to soak it up. Yeah. Woo! (laughs) And um, we'll be back uh, next week for Advent 4 for the gospel of the week leading up to December 20th. And then after that, it'll be Christmas. So, crazy. So, we will be back next week. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.